This is the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. During the winter of 2022 and 2023, we're going to be studying the first 11 chapters of John. We'll be studying the second half once we get to the spring, but right now we're focusing on those first 11 chapters. And I'm Dwayne Recurry, your host, and today I'm being joined by Bill Craig. Bill is Senior Vice President at LifeWay. Bill, thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me. I enjoy being here, Dwayne. And just so folks out there know, Bill leads a Bible study group in his church, and they use Explore the Bible, so that's one of the reasons we've involved him in the podcast. We're going to be looking at chapter 1, verses 1 through 14 as the focal passage. The key idea here is that Jesus is the Son of God in human form, and we've entitled this lesson, In the Beginning. Here's the three outline points. Point number one is that was the Word. And that looks at verses 1 through 5 of John chapter 1. In these verses, John declared that the word, Jesus, was present prior to the beginning of time and was actively involved in the creation of the world. The word gave life to creation and brought in unconquerable light to that same creation. A key idea there is that believers can face the future knowing Jesus created all. The second section in our outline, verses 6 through 8, we've entitled that Made Known. And in these verses, we find John the Apostle talking about a messenger named John who was sent by God. This messenger served as a witness to the light, but was not the light himself. This John came so that all might believe in Jesus. The main point for us is that believers are messengers sent to tell others about the light. And that's a capital L. The third and final point is in the flesh, which looks at verses 9 through 14. In these verses, John the Apostle emphasized that the true light, Jesus, came in the world that he created. His own creation and people rejected him. However, those who received him were welcomed into the family of God. The word took on flesh and lived on earth so that all people could observe the glory of God in the form of his son. Main point here is that faith in Jesus secures a person's place in God's family. So that outline, if you put all the things together, you get the idea here. Was the word made known in the flesh? So we're really defining who Jesus is. We're setting the tone for our study of John. One of the more interesting things in these first 14 verses to me, Bill, is that Jesus isn't named until verse 14. He obviously is being talked about through all these verses, but his name isn't given until verse 14. What are some possible reasons for that? The primary reason for that is that John is trying to introduce uh, the truth that Jesus is both fully divine and fully human. So the previous verses emphasize his divinity, that he's pre-existent. He was in the beginning. He was with God. He's divine. He was God. He's the creator. All things are created through him. And then in verse 14, we finally see revealed to us that he's also fully human. He became flesh and dwelt among us, the one and only son from the father. So you have Jesus as 
the pre-existent, pre-incarnate Christ with God. He is God. He is creator who becomes fully human. I think one of the primary things John is trying to convey here is the unique nature of Jesus as the word, the logos, as the divine pre-existent creator, but also fully human. He became flesh. The logos didn't take over a human body. A human body didn't become the logos or the word, the Messiah. Jesus is fully human and fully divine. Also, uh, at the end of verse 14, it says he's full of grace and truth. So his nature has both this divine uh, and perfect combination of grace, the gracious gifts of God, salvation, forgiveness, uh, spiritual gifting, all the elements of grace in perfect combination with the truth, the law and the holiness of God. So he knows our need for grace because he's fully human, but he embodies the truth of God because he's fully divine. Which makes it possible for them to, for him to express that grace to us in that context. That's right. That's right. We see John the Baptist mentioned here, this messenger in verses six, six through eight, help us understand here the role of John the Baptist and why it would have been, maybe why it would have been important to bring it up this early in John's testimony. Yeah, so John the Baptist, and, and some people have wondered, you know, is this the same John that's writing the book, uh, the gospel? John, the author of the gospel, never refers to himself as John. He always refers to himself a different way. So this is a different John. It's John the Baptist. He is a, you know, the short answer is he's the prophet. Jesus calls him the greatest prophet, Matthew 11, 11. And by that, uh, we mean that he's the preacher, the one who proclaims that the Messiah is on the way. He's the preacher who calls for repentance. And he's the one who prepares our hearts for the coming of the Messiah. Matthew 11 tells us all about that. And he's the baptizer. There's a, now, there's a lot deeper uh, introduction of him in other places in the Gospels. So you're probably going to want to refer to some of those other verses, places like Luke chapter one, verse 15 to 17, uh, where John is being, uh, John's mother is being told, mother and father being told who he is, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He'll never drink wine or beer. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. And then later, almost at the end of chapter one of uh, Luke, you have this prophecy from Zechariah, his father, when he's, when he's speaking to his brand new born son, he says, you child will be called a prophet of the most high. You'll go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give his people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. And then Matthew 3 goes into a lot of detail about John's ministry, preparing the way for the Lord, calling people to repentance, and then baptizing people. So you'll want to think about baptism and what John's baptism uh, is also. So it could be important to note, for example, that baptism wasn't a brand new idea for the Jewish community. They practiced several kinds of ritual cleansing, including baptism, uh, especially for 
uh, repentance and cleansing of sin, and especially for Gentile conversion into Judaism. It was done through baptism. What was unique and new was the introduction of a person to administer the baptism. So you didn't do it to yourself. This baptism is administered by John, and he uses this baptism as a marker to set aside a community of people who are repentant and repentant awaiting a Messiah who is to come. They're seeking to live a life awaiting this Messiah who is to come and in repentance of their sins at the same time. So their, their repentance, they're looking forward. Our repentance is us looking back at that same coming. Right. That's, that's right. We, we use re baptism now as a way to identify with who Jesus is and to say that our sins have been washed clean by, uh, by receiving him, by the work of the Holy Spirit, by the blood of Christ. Their baptism was looking forward in a community of repentance to what that Messiah would bring to them. In verses 10 and 11, we see this idea that they did not recognize him. They did not receive him. This idea of rejection, um, rejecting Jesus. What's the appeal of choosing a different way or choosing not to even recognize him? Yeah, so uh, you even have to look a little bit at verse 12 and you, you understand that to receive him means to become a child of God. And so the world didn't recognize him. His own people didn't receive him because people didn't really want to become children of God, accountable to the heavenly father, reflecting the glory of God, living by God's standards in his family. You know, and this is true today, even still. We want to go our own way. We want to make our own mark on the world. In Jesus's day, they wanted a particular Messiah, one who would bring uh, military conquest, uh, who would put them back in power and give them places of authority. So they didn't want to hear the demands of the gospel, to be humble, to be poor in spirit, to be meek, to serve the needs of others. And so they didn't receive it. And people still don't want that today. They want a savior that elevates them rather than uh, a savior who demands that people deny themselves, take up a cross, and follow him. So this is all about uh, understanding that when you receive Jesus, you're becoming part of a family, a community that reflects his values, not our own. And that's what so many people reject. You think about the danger here. You know, throughout our study of John, we're going to keep seeing the idea of Jesus is the Messiah. He's going to continue John is, John the Apostle is going to continue to raise that theme up, that this is the Messiah, the promised one, and that he's not just Messiah, not just a human, but that he is God's himself. What are the dangers of focusing on Jesus, his humanity, versus focusing on his deity? Why is it important for us to keep that in mind? Danger is really choosing either one of those and leaving the other out. So if you, you know, if you overemphasize his deity over his humanity, then you miss the truth of Jesus's human life. 
At the same time, if you emphasize his humanity over his deity, you miss the truth that Jesus embodies not just grace, but also truth, holiness, perfection, power, authority, all the things that God is. He wasn't just a good man who died for other people and died for his values and died for his ideology, his ideals. He was the logos in the flesh, living and dying, sacrificing himself as the perfect sacrifice, you know, providing the reconciliation between God and man necessary for you and me to be redeemed and to live in eternity with him. I think there's a great kid item you're going to talk about in just a minute, kid item nine, that gives you a great way to look at both the humanity and the deity of Jesus. You, you have to hold both of those in your mind at the same time uh, so that you don't lose one or the other of those aspects of who Jesus is. That pack item you're talking about is pack item nine, and it is entitled Jesus, Humanity, and Deity. Uh, on the left-hand side, you have a statement from the Baptist Faith and Message 2000 that points to his humanity. And on the right-hand side, you have another part of that statement that points to his deity. And then you have some statements underneath that with Bible verses that point to that statement. Like, for example, underneath Jesus' humanity, the first statement is that Jesus experienced fatigue and John 4, 6 is what's pointed to. And then underneath Jesus' deity, you see Jesus demands loyalty from his fathers. And Luke 9, 57 through 72 is a passage that's pointed to there. But you'll find a list of these statements, list of these realities with a Bible verse next to them. We're encouraged to use that to introduce the study. But I'm going I'm, to, I'm thinking about how I'm teaching this in my group. I'm thinking about using this at the end instead of at the beginning and tying it to the Bible skill. The Bible skills suggestion is to use it at the end of the study as a way to summarize all of it. The Bible skill for this particular session is for us to review multiple passages in John's gospel about Christ's deity. And there's six verses that are listed. We're encouraged to create groups, teams, and assign one of those verses to every person or every team, which means that we're going to have that means that assumes we got six people and if we're creating teams, then we're going to have 12 people. We may not have that many in our group. So we may need to assign two verses to each, each group and an individual could be a group. So if you've got three people in the group, then assign two of those six verses listed in the Bible skill to each person, ask them to look that verse up and then look at why it's important that we understand Jesus is God the son and not merely the son of God. And then how does John consistently point to the deity of Jesus? That's one of the, that's the two questions that are in the Bible skill. Ask them to respond to that based on the verse or verses they've read and then bring everybody together. Now, Bill, ironically on that handout, on that pack item, pack item nine, Jesus's humanity and deity of the six passages listed in the Bible skill, only one of those are noted on that pack item. And that is uh, chapter five, verse 18. Uh, but what, I would, what I'm thinking about doing is distributing that pack item, leading the group to do the Bible skill. And then during the report time, we notice where these verses might fit on this chart that's on the pack item and go ahead and add those in there 
we'll highlight verses, uh, verse 518. It's actually part of a larger piece because it's 5, uh, 16 through 29 on the pack item. So we'll circle there. Verse 18 is in this section. But go ahead and add those other verses, 426, uh, 858, 1030, 149, and 17, 5 through 11. And if we don't have a statement that supports, then we'll just create another statement and add it to, the, to that handout as well. So that'd be a good way to, to bring the class time to a summary, especially when we're looking at this particular passage that sets up everything that John's going to say from this point on in this, this gospel account. Uh, Bill, are there other key ideas or thoughts you would share with our listeners today? One of the most important things you can talk about uh, and help your class with is also, interestingly enough, one of your other pack items, and that is understanding the word logos or logos. Uh, that's such an important part of this when, when John says Jesus was the word, and the word became flesh. Uh, that is a translation of the word logos or logos. Uh, pack item 13 gives a great overview of what that word logos means. And it's really important to get the understanding that this isn't just God's communication about, uh, about himself. Uh, Jesus is God himself. He is the logos of God. He is the communication of God, not just communication about God. That's just one idea of many that's contained in uh, understanding what the logos of God is. Now you mentioned pack, that's pack item 13. I've mentioned pack item nine. For some of our listeners, they may not have access to the pack in the back of the leader guide and the back of the daily discipleship guide, there is a article, an article that tells you about each of the pack items and how you could create your own. Now, obviously having the pack makes it much, much easier to do. You don't have to go do the research to create it, those kind of things. For example, with the pack item you're mentioning, it's telling you to use a Bible dictionary and then you got to, craft something from that Bible dictionary to explain the word logos uh, in the opening verses of John's gospel. But if you have that pack, it makes it a whole lot easier. Bill, I think this is going to be a great way to start the Christmas season for us to look at this passage. It's the first Sunday of December. And, and to me, this is a great way for us to start thinking about not just Christmas, but why he came in the first place and why he is worthy of us even to recognize his birth here on earth, and what, what the significance of that birth is. So I'm looking forward to this, uh, this lesson. I think it, it really will help set, in my class for sure, the importance of the Christmas season for us this year. It's a good, it's a good way to start uh, the season, and, and it's a great way to dive into the book of John. Bill, thank you for being with us today. We've mentioned different resources today. We've mentioned particularly the leader pack, but there are other things we mentioned too. Sometimes we'll mention the commentary or maybe quick source, mention the leader guide. You can find out more about all the Explore the Bible resources on our website at goexplorethebible.com. We want to thank you for listening to us this week, and we'll hope you'll join us again next week. We'll be looking at session two. Gia Thornburg will be joining me. She's the newest member of the Adult Explore the Bible team, and I can hardly wait to introduce her to you. We'll be looking at John chapter 1, verses 40 through 51. And in those verses, we're going to discover 
that Jesus wants people to follow him in faith and truth.